0: And welcome to Peak Show, where, in my experience, there is no such thing as luck. I'm your host, Bree Rohde, formerly known as Star Starkiller, and who do I have on the line with me today?
1: Uh, you can call me uh, Teddy One Raynobi.
0: <laughs> yes, welcome back to the show, uh, Ted, Ted Raymond, digital journalist uh, from Ottawa. Ted, you are turning into our Super Month specialist because we last talked to you uh, for our Simpsons Super Month.
1: That's right. Yeah. And uh, may I just say, live long and prosper.
0: Uh it's it's good. You know, Ted, I I reached out to you for Star Wars for the same reason that I reached out to you for Simpsons, which is you're an elder millennial white male. You've got opinions on this, right?
1: <laughs> sure, of course. Yes. Of course. Star Wars is a part of our uh, a rich part of our heritage.
0: Well, and uh as uh, as you recently had a birthday, which uh, hey everyone, say happy birthday to Ted. Um he's the birthday boy or girl.
1: Um, happy birthday, Ted. Yes.
0: Um you were born in 84, correct? Yes. So, yeah, like, I know that you were born, like, after the Star Wars, uh, the original trilogy kind of concluded, but you were kind of the perfect age for your childhood to be saturated with, like, Star Wars toys and stuff, I assume.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, no, the, um, Star Wars was always kind of around. Mm -hmm. My dad liked Star Wars. He saw the originals in theater, Mm -hmm. you know, in 1977, went to go see uh, the first Star Wars and... Swears up and down it was called a New Hope episode four at the time. The research I've done says that that's wrong, but I wasn't alive <laughs> then, so what do I know? Um,
0: I uh, I know some people who are very very like passionately disgusted about that. Just like they will they will fight you on it. And I have I have a whole thing in my notes section about um, which I've just subtitled George Lucas bullshit. Um, I George Lucas, <laughs> you've done a lot of great things, but there are a lot of things to which I was like, uh, bullshit. But um, I, I read recently. I think it was a, maybe a thread or a, or a TikTok or something about like. All these Star Wars films are actually titled like the wrong thing because, like, a New Hope is actually more appropriate for uh, Return of the Jedi, and Return of the Jedi is actually more appropriate for The Rise of Skywalker and stuff. And it was it was funny because
1: oh, you know what? I think I have read something along those lines in the past. Yeah. Uh, before the before the sequel trilogy came out, but I, I've read things where the the titles that they've given could be could go into different movies.
0: Well, and that's why in the I I feel embarrassed about this, but in the first super month I recorded with Eric, I kept mixing up, particularly um, uh, the Rise of Skywalker and um, the Last Jedi. I kept mixing those up because at it, I feel like past the the prequel trilogy, it's all just word salads.
1: Oh yeah, like it's. I mean, you know, what does anything mean, really? Like it's what
0: what is a Star <laughs> War even?
1: <laughs> well, yeah. It has stars and it has wars, mm-hmm. so I think they've kind of got their bases covered.
0: Uh huh. All right. So before we get into kind of uh, your history with Star Wars, now Ted, you have already told us a great story about a moment in your life that was peak Ted, which was your uh, kind of wordsmithing uh, back in your radio days. But I'm sure you know you've got so many great stories up your sleeve. Uh, if you can share with us any other moment from your life that is peak Ted, that when someone thinks about it, like, oh yeah, that's Ted Raymond.
1: So uh, I have a good one, actually. I was thinking about this. Um, uh, You mentioned just now I worked in radio. And uh, so I worked at a place that had several radio stations in the building. And there's a lot of radio stations in Ottawa. The dial's pretty full. (laughs) Um, So we all know all the other radio stations and people. It just kind of comes with the territory. Uh, At one point, there there was an electric kettle in the kitchen at work that uh, stopped working, and the engineer decided to take it back to his place to fix it up. And there was a little note in the um, in the kitchen that says that the engineer was uh, taking the kettle back to work his magic and uh, see if he could uh, fix it up. And somebody had crossed out the word magic on, um, on that little note and wrote in magic with a J in red marker, because there was a radio station in Ottawa called Magic 100, and magic was spelled with a J. So I thought that was pretty funny, so I grabbed my own red marker and made a few changes. Uh, next to the word C-S-E-E, I wrote the letters F-R-A, so it comes out to C-F-R-A, which was the call letters of a radio station. And then I said, if anybody wanted a cup of tea, dot, 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 S-N-1200. <laughs> TSN T-S-N-1200. Um, so a few days later, a post appears on the Facebook page of one of the... Uh, one of the program directors in the building, and he goes, Okay, the list of suspects in this one is pretty short. <laughs> Looking at you, Ted Raymond, and my friend Chris Holsky. <laughs> he oh, tagged I know, us both. Chris.
0: Also a Twitter moot.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. And uh, so he tagged us both in this, and so I replied, I didn't do it, nobody saw me do it, you can't prove anything. But
0: <laughs> So we here we have a generous mix of your love of wordsmithing and your your general um, We'll say rascaliness, uh, and and then you throw in a classic Bart Simpson's quote. I think that is very peak, Ted.
1: I think so. That's. Yeah. I'm, I'm but sure. it turns out, and I will tell you, it turns out the person who did the magic change was actually a woman in promotions, so it was a big surprise.
0: Oh, dear.
1: <laughs> it was those, somebody completely different.
0: Those marketing and promo folks, I'm trying to find uh, find this and find it in good time because nothing pisses me off more in podcasts when you hear people like clearly stopping to look something up or whatever but my I had a similar moment a few years ago back when I was still at former employer that made <laughs> that gave me mental illness um and um it was that we had um i guess they're they're still pretty popular but those like boards that you you stick the letters onto and you'll see them at like people's bachelorette parties and stuff and they'll be like bridal bitch or whatever and you, you customize it with the letters and I started like every day uh working with the this relatively limited set of letters I know one of the things I wrote on it was no shirts Friday and I j- it was just in the kitchen okay. so I leave it there and uh, no shirts Friday was one um <laughs> oh yeah this one she farted I ran uh that <laughs> one was fun um and then Oh, yeah. I actually managed a ska is for nerds. Um, <laughs> and then finally, uh, <laughs> this was what I think got it taken away was, okay, I sharted. I, sorry, I'm laughing too much at my own joke. I need to say that more clearly. <laughs> okay, I sharted. Um, so, yeah, that that got the board taken away. I'm pretty sure everyone knew it was me, but no one actually confronted me over it, which is good, because I'm a huge baby. I love to, like, (laughs) cause a ruckus, but then I will not own up to said ruckus. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, that is, like, if anything, one of the, one of the things I will complain that COVID has taken from us is, like, work-kitchen, um, scoundrelness and, 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 uh, just... I I hijinks I, yeah hijinks hijinks yeah work shared space hijinks
1: <laughs> shenanigans yeah I was always a fan of um, of those kinds of things uh, this little sort of maybe kind of passive aggressive depending on how you uh, feel about it but uh, I used to do that with um, we had a big whiteboard calendar when I was growing up mm-hmm. that my mom would write all of her like a- important dates and appointments and stuff on and it was it was it was only for one month so you erase it at the end of the month and put everything else but she would write like first day of school and then and then i would write second day of school third day of school fourth day of school like <laughs> which just, like write the like the number it's down and they would just you know kind of roll their eyes at me and i think you know.
0: i think that shows a great sign uh, that you have a very subversive sense of humor as a child I love inconveniencing people, and so (laughs) I took my, like, complimentary whiteboard calendar that I had at my old job, because I worked in a bullpen environment, and um, I would... Right. Because I, I speak Russian, not not great, but enough that I can say, like, write notes in Russian and stuff. And so I wrote out my days and my like big do things in Russian. And it drove people. Cr- As it turns out, people are total busybodies because people would like get mad that they didn't know what I was doing. And, like, you what, could...
1: what is this Cyrillic? I don't understand this. I can't read it. I
0: did I just... have one um, colleague who, but she worked in like the upstairs office, who uh, was Ukrainian, and like the alphabets are, the languages are not the exact same. I know because I also speak Ukrainian. Um, the languages are not the exact same, but you can like a lot of the nouns are and stuff, and so like she kind of, she's like, why? Why are you doing this? I'm like, because I want to. It looks bad if you have a blank calendar, but I don't like people knowing what I got going on. And then she's like, well, then why don't you just write ridiculousness? I'm like, to most people, this is ridiculousness. Yeah. Um, so, um, and it's funny, as we're talking about this, you know, Mike and I, uh, in our last episode, I think we exhausted all the potential, like, you know, other side series or content ideas for this ever expanding Star Wars universe. But, you know, I'm thinking about like some of the more comedic episodes of Star Trek, which essentially it's like in at its best star trek is a workplace comedy and wouldn't that be great if we had more kind of workplace comedies in the star wars universe because there are a lot of workplaces in the star wars universe
1: star wars is such an epic right like it's a big space opera Mm -hmm. fantasy where the the driving force is you know the is the action and people are there to see lightsaber fights and spaceships shoot lasers at each other um i think you know as important as the characters can be, I do think that Star Trek is a much more character driven kind of um situation mm-hmm. there isn't a lot of there isn't really a lot of sitting around in Star Wars and like the the one of the big complaints about um the Phantom Menace is that it's very procedural it's very you know you have the trade federation and there's the senate and there's all this parliamentary kind of back and forth and everyone's like oh that's just boring where are the lightsabers <laughs> where are the you know but like i love that kind of stuff and so yeah no i agree i mean i was listening to your other uh, star wars episodes uh, recently and you know i love the idea of having like dueling diners <laughs> on coruscant with like weird aliens and they're they're trying to get different famous people from the star wars universe to come to their diners and 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 have this kind of little rivalry going on i would love something like that
0: yeah or even um like someone who i thought was kind of like in retrospect i'm surprised you don't see more of him really any of him in the prequels but um uh tarkin um who is really like when you think about it bureaucratically, he's kind of on the same level as Darth Vader. And yet he just um, like he's because both of these guys really are just like middle management, um, yeah. which is this is not an original idea. This is something we hate movies have said in their Star Wars episode on their Patreon. But like these guys are just middle management. And uh, which when you think about it, it is weird that Darth Vader's just kind of walking around in his super formal like Darth Vader robe all the time. Um, but, you know. It would be fun to do, like, an almost, like, The Office, like, talking head style of, like, what's Tarkin dealing with, uh, you know, overseeing the Death Star plans? Um, yeah, what, yeah. Are the,
1: what are the rank-and-file soldiers in the Death Star doing? Because this is, like, a whole space station. This thing is huge, right? Yeah. It's got to have thousands of people working in it. So, you know, and, like, Eddie Izzard has a good joke about the Death Star cantina, or, like, the canteen <laughs> where you, Darth Vader goes down to get... <laughs> of the penne alla arrabbiata. <laughs> you know? It's facade that is, you know, like you know it's like, you know, there must have been like there must have been like a cafeteria, right? Like, you know, what's going on there? So, you know. On on who, that... like who is the who are those those guys with the faces? Mm-hmm. You know.
0: On that note, uh there there are two things and I actually had this plan for later in this in this talk, but why the fuck not? Let's just like jump all over the place cuz it's the third week of super month. It's the last week of Peak Show Season 2. I'm tired.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars is big. You've covered a lot of ground already. I've listened to them. Sure, I'll just just be here to bounce ideas off. I
0: cannot emphasize this enough. This Super Month has fully reinstated my virginity. Um, (laughs) Like, I felt like the Simpsons Super Month made me so much cooler. Uh, This is undoing all of it. Um, But, um, no, so these are two kind of related notes but first of all this crosses over a bit with our kevin smith episode there's that part in clerks where uh they're having the debate about you know whether or not the workers who are i guess technically contractors on the on the death star and you know like is it unfair that they uh that they kind of lost their lives when they were um just following orders um and you know that that turns into a guy like well i you know i turned down a job for this mobster and my friend who took it he ended up uh, he ended up getting hit when when the mobster was hit and stuff um that that in itself is a pretty funny conversation um but it does make me think harken back to a time and i want to say i heard a lot of this in high school maybe university where people were doing the edge thing of like does anyone else ha- Uh, Does anyone else find themselves rooting for the Empire? And also, was the Empire really that bad? Or the Rebels were the real bad guys? Um, Have you ever met people who have tried to fucking start that conversation?
1: I haven't Um, uh, in my personal life. But I've definitely read, you know, edgelordy online think pieces about like, oh, in defense of the Empire, they brought stability and you know the rebels are the actually terrorists and you know and like okay sh- like they're you know, what was it like they're like religious terrorists right they believe in this they believe in this alternate religion and they go and they blow stuff up and and uh whereas like the you know the empire has this s- stable you know system and they rule and they're they're benevolent dictators or something like it's <laughs> You know, you know like
0: so i mean the only thing that did kind of perk my ears up was when they they said uh there's a deleted scene in the empire that basically or in empire strikes back that harkens the empire to communists and so really like the the um the rebels are anti-communist and the it feels like it's trying to bait me like Brie, you love communists um i would say um no, the fuck they're not. Like, they're clearly an allegory for, like, Nazis. Um, oh, they're
1: super fasc yeah.
0: yeah. So I think either whoever, whoever said that, maybe it's... I'll say it's a very American view of what communism is. Um, because most people, uh, particularly in those days, did equate communism to dictatorships and fascism. Um, but yeah, like, I think that's a very... I don't want to talk about it too disparagingly, but it's a very reddit opinion. Like, the, well, the rebels are the real bad guys. And it's like, no, that is, however, the effect of pretty good art direction on the Empire. Like, everyone knows uh, the um, uh, the March, the Empirical March, um, the way Vader looks. Like, that's just called they're badass and they're fun to watch. Um, And I guess we're going through this uh, discourse right now on Twitter because people uh, have decided that Holden Caulfield is a bad character, and so The Catcher in the Rye is a bad novel and stuff. This weird inability to separate, like, every piece of media is supposed to tell you exactly how to live your life and be a a (laughs) guidebook on living
1: life. Can't things just... Be things anymore, <laughs> like no, I get it. Like, it, 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 there doesn't have to be a moral at the end. There doesn't have to be, you know. And sometimes things can be messy. Like stories mm. don't always have to be like perfect. Everything gets wrapped up because life isn't perfect. Things yeah. don't things don't get wrapped up in a neat little package <laughs> at, at the end. <laughs>
0: Sorry if it sounds sarcastic. And yeah. and that is if I made like the whole point of Star Wars like star wars main theme i I find um and like what makes it worthy of discussing from a literary element is light versus dark good versus evil the gray areas that's why uh star wars cannot work without a character like han solo um and why han solo is such uh such an appealing character because he is gray morality um and so like but I, I find maybe maybe this is something that's almost a little precious about human beings, but the way you can't just know, like, oh yeah, the empire's cool, but they're bad, but I think they're cool. And so people will like twist themselves into knots, like, I think the empire is cool, so therefore I have to justify like the empires are a- the empire is actually pretty good, and the rebels are bad. It's like, no. No, I understand why you want to think that, but also you're 32. Why are we talking about this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Listen, bad guys are cool. Like that you, like a boring bad guy isn't a compelling, isn't a compelling villain. I mean, there's, there's always going to be an appeal for the bad guy, an appeal for the Mm -hmm. anti-hero, you know, like Darth Vader is, is an imposing black armored space wizard, swordsman like he's he's cool like the Death Star the Death Star is cool it's a giant spaceship that blows up planets I mean you know that they're using it for evil they're they're the bad guys they're clearly the bad guys Mm -hmm. but they're allowed to be cool and like you know, you see this in it's it's in all kinds of different media. I mean, like you know, I'll, well, I'll mean, plug. Sorry, go ahead.
0: <laughs> we just, uh, I guess, since my last recording to now, we've just seen the finale of what I think is probably one of the best bad guy stories of the last decade, and thrown its predecessor as well, Better Call Saul, um, and and Breaking Bad, which was I will I will say though, particularly with Breaking Bad. Another show that proved that people are incapable of saying, just like, wow, this bad guy is cool. Like, they'll twist themselves into knots to say, I think Walter White's cool, therefore he must be a good guy. Um, but like, yeah, Darth Vader is really cool, and and Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, has a sympathetic backstory. He's still bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you know, it, it's you can't separate, you, you can't say, like, oh, well, you know, the fact that he was. Traumatized or, or seduced to the, into the dark side justifies, and therefore he's actually okay, and it's not his fault. Like no, you like you have to give the characters agency. The, the bad guys have their own agency. They're doing bad things, whether or not they think they're you know, on one side or the other, I mean, Mm -hmm. they can justify it to themselves, but the the way that the story is structured, because this is a story, remember, Mm -hmm. and, you know, one of the important things that I think sometimes gets lost in a lot of these discussions is that ultimately, like, this is somebody's story. This is a fictional story that somebody is telling, and (laughs) they have a particular, you know, purpose for all of the characters. This This doesn't just come out of nowhere, right?
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> but, well,
1: you know, yeah, bad guys sometimes, you know, are, are cool and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the bad guys being cool, mm-hmm. you know, because that makes it more interesting.
0: I think, um, and a uh, friend of the show, Steven Sadak, uh, had said this on, uh, on Twitter because, you know, one of the points we hit on last episode was the fact that, and yes, I am going to blame Disney for this because this whole, like, everybody's a little bit good kind of thing like it's it's a very disney thing and then um another one of my friends pointed out it was the way um disney found so much success with the pirates of the caribbean uh sequels and uh captain jack sparrow just becoming uh going from less of a menacing villain to more of a, like almost a butt monkey kind of quip machine and um like they instead of being you know a little menacing and threatening which uh, his actor his actor aside, who is a very menacing, threatening person, um, you know, there was a real softening of it and they realized, like, that's, that's what it can be. Our villains are really just morally ambiguous weirdos. And um, so to, to come back to what Steve Sadak said, which I totally agree with, Kylo Ren should have stayed a bastard. I think wedging in a... Because it, it wasn't even redemption, for Kylo Ren, it was, like, this ambiguous side to him and stuff. And it's like, that's not where I want my moral ambiguity. I want my moral ambiguity in my Han Solos and my Princess Leia's even. Um, or gen- General Organa. Um,
1: yeah, I don't know how to feel about uh, about the end of the whole Skywalker saga. It's
0: That was it, a mess, that last movie. And, like, <laughs> I, you know... V- First episode, I came down too hard on the prequels. Second episode, I really came down hard on the sequels. Um, when really, the sequels overall, I don't think are that bad. Um, but in, it's that the third one is so bad. That it... it And that's, you know, most recent, most consistent. Like, that is the spice that you are tasting at the end of it. You know, like, I... I, I really love Cilantro i fucking uh hate rosemary don't know why it's a completely normal thing i hate rosemary and if i have something that is really really good i will still always taste the rosemary and uh rise of skywalker i'm i'm getting that right right rise of skywalker is the third one um that is that is the rosemary of this dish
1: (laughs) see i don't like cilantro so do
0: you have the soap jean
1: I think I do, yeah.
0: So, my husband has the soap gene, but he fights through it and he will enjoy cilantro with me. And he is a, a fucking freak and I love him. <laughs> um, okay, so what I kind of have glossed over, although you did mention at the beginning, but I want to talk a little bit about your history with Star Wars and, and kind of like when you were introduced to it. Because, like, I, first of all, picturing little Ted is just adorable in general. A little, um, I. I did listen to that wonderful clip on Father's Day of you and your dad on the radio, and it was the cutest thing in my, uh, I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's um, on
1: my SoundCloud. If you want to go listen to it, so, oh my god! Just, it's just, just Google Ted Raymond SoundCloud. It's, it's it'll be there.
0: It's it's so sweet. So I'm I'm picturing little T.G. watching uh, watching Star Wars, and it's warming my heart. But. What were kind of the things that captivated you about Star Wars when you were a kid? Like what were what were kind of your favorite parts of it?
1: So the first Star Wars thing that I remember is uh the Ewoks Battle for Endor. <laughs> um which was like a spin-off thing that came out um that I I guess it was on TV or something or my parents had it on tape. Uh, and that's the youngest uh, that I can remember a Star Wars thing. And I didn't know mm-hmm. enough, I didn't know anything what Star Wars was. I just liked Ewoks. Ewoks were, you know, cute and fuzzy. And, Hard same. <laughs> you know, and so that was that was kind of the earliest thing. But like the, when I first started getting into it, into it would have been when the special editions came out and we had that box set of the three VHS tapes and you've mentioned it on your other episodes with the darth vader helmet when you put the three tapes together and it's oh it was so cool (laughs) you know yeah and so that was when i you know watched the and i i had watched the originals in whatever format they had been in you know because they would be on tv sometimes right in syndication and and uh and so i know that like you know there's the whole you know, who shot first, you know, Han Solo thing. And like, honestly, like yeah. that, that, that first, the, the the Greedo shot that, that edit is so bad. It like is. where He just kind of, he just kind of, they just kind of move his figure over a little bit. And they, like, it's, it's very clumsy. Um, I just,
0: I try not to be one of those, like, George Lucas R worded my childhood types well, no, for that. Like... But I do feel like, in the simplest of terms, in the most literal of terms, George Lucas owes an explanation for that. That's yeah, all. That's
1: all. He owes an explanation. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if he's ever like. I'm sure there's probably an interview somewhere where he's like, "Well, you know, we wanted to, you know, this is the the real telling or whatever." But like, it, that, but anyway, it, it, that that was when you know I I forget how old I was when those came out. Um, But the the big hype, of course, was Phantom Menace because it was – I was 14 and it was a new Star Wars thing. It was like this is a brand new movie and it's going to tell the origin story of Darth Vader and this is a whole new thing and the – local cinema in my hometown it used to only have one screen it had only one screen for like 70 years or something mm-hmm. and they had recently renovated it just in time for phantom menace to come out so that they could run phantom menace on one screen for like six months and then the other two screens. It had three screens. Big big deal. The other two screens could run all the other movies, but they could run *Phantom Menace* all the time on one of them for for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the day it came out, I ran my paper out as fast as I could, and then had my parents drive me to the movie theater to drop me off so I could <laughs> meet my friends and get in line, and all we could all go and watch *Star Wars* on day on, on you know the night it came out, <laughs> and uh, and it was huge and awesome and we loved it and you know i went to go see it several other times with them that was just something that you would do it's like oh it's the weekend what do you want to do let's go see star wars again sure why not like yeah we'll go to the, <laughs> the movies and go see star wars and then and so and so that was kind of i got sort of really into it at the time but that was about the extent of it like I was just sort of a mainstream Star Wars person. Well, I, I- yeah,
0: and that's kind of why I wanted to round out this Super Month with you because I've got like, I, and I have um kind of subtitled this uh, Star Wars Super Month Attack of the Blonde Nerds, unfortunately, um because I w- it was bad enough, you know, getting uh all what or no wh- white and uh, and Latino males for my uh for my Simpsons Super Month, but this was all just oh. Blonde, blonde nerds, blonde nerds, all, all born, I think, around 1983 through 1986. There is, there is, I'm not, I'm not helping my case for, like, there are many people from many demographics who enjoy Star Wars, Um, you know, unlike people who felt it necessary to, uh, say, bully uh, one of the actors in the new trilogy off of social media because Star Wars is only for uh is only for a certain group of people but i'm in retrospect i'm like maybe i should have diversified this a little bit more but no well, I, I mean
1: you're opening up a bit of a can of worms because i don't know if i necessarily consider myself blonde i mean i was uh, a lot redder as a as a child than you're
0: strawberry strawberry blonde there's a certain type of blonde or a certain type of brown hair and my brother has it where you look at like you were blonde as a child and I don't know how to describe it because, like, it's not like I've, I've had brown hair my whole life. My brother also has brown hair, but it's different. And you look at his baby pictures or whatever, he's just, like, strikingly blonde. Um, it's most people do not stay blonde. I would say I, will, I want to know Eric and Mike's respective secrets um, because yeah, most, I don't think blonde sticks around normally. But um, yeah, so you, d- you though represent the other side, like, you're not reading the EU novels and uh, hosting big Star Wars sideshows like our friends Eric and Mike. You are like me, you're a popcorn Star Wars fan. And, um, and that's, that's a whole thing, which I've, I wanted to kind of bring up in one of the previous episodes and get didn't really get a chance. But I feel like it's weird that Star Wars has always been regarded as like, oh, like Star Wars is a nerdy thing or like people saying oh Star Wars is mainstream now or nerdy stuff is mainstream now. I'm like Star Wars was always mainstream. Extremely.
1: Well, yeah, these were these were blockbuster movies. Blockbuster I mean,
0: movies. <laughs> they
1: they were it Star Wars has always been part of the you know, uh, canon is is if you will, of, you know, um, American, North American pop culture mm-hmm. since it came out. Um you know, just the fact that there was so much time in between um the the original trilogy and the and the, the prequel trilogy and, and and it developed that sort of, you know, kind of nerdy aspect. But I think in part because a lot of the more esoteric stuff or your extended universe stuff Mm-hmm. Um, that was a bit more of kind of like the the nerd angle, and I'm not saying I wasn't a nerd. I, <laughs> I kind of was, you know. I you know no, I had those, like th- those weird yeah. uh, interests, but I mean, for some reason, like y- you know, like I had a friend who was big into the extended universe, and he mm-hmm. had a bunch of books. He read the books. He had a bunch of, uh, you know, like he had like the the books that have like the specs of all the ships. Mm-hmm. He had one of those, you know, an encyclopedia of Star Wars ships and he knew all the dimensions and and uh and like when we went to go see Phantom Menace, he was the expert who knew like, oh, here's Coruscant, this whole planet is a a giant city, like the whole planet is one big city. And then they say that a few minutes later, a few beats later in the actual movie, because they have to explain it to the normal people. You know, the people who haven't seen anything Star Wars since the original trilogy, haven't really connected with it. But he knew all this stuff, right? He yeah. So was, was he, when...
0: like, just screaming, crying, throwing up when uh, by the time <laughs> it was over?
1: Well, no, because we were all 14. We didn't know any better. Yeah. You know, and, like, listen, I mean, I I get it. Like, I get that there's, you know, not a lot of love for, for the prequel trilogy, um And, you know, they're not the best movies in the world. You're not going to get, you know, it, they're not going to win any awards or anything along those lines. And there are a lot of problems. But if you're just, you know, if you're just going to have fun and you just want to watch, you know, space wizards shoot lasers, <laughs> like you can't really go wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, listen, the acting wasn't very good, but the acting in the original Star Wars wasn't very good.
0: No, I mean- and that, so that's that's the thing I want to get to, which my one question that I am, re- that remains with me is, what is it about the original trilogy that works so well? Because when you look at a lot of it, it shouldn't. Like, um... And and it's not to say that these are on paper bad movies. Um, they are not. Whereas I would say, like, at the very least, Attack of the Clones is on paper a very bad movie. Um, and Phantom Menace is a kind of bad movie. Uh, and then by the time Revenge of the Sith comes around and it's just okay, we are so happy with a just okay movie. But, um, yeah, they're not on paper very good movies. None of the actors are great. And as previously established, George George Lucas not an actor's director. I think I have a whole thing on George Lucas's kind of failure as a creative. Um, the most conspicuous thing about the original trilogy, particularly A New Hope, is um, all the wipes. And it every time I see it, I think of a particular Simpsons, uh, and star wipe and cut.
1: Why have uh, hamburger when you can have steak? <laughs>
0: like, why have Purina when I got fancy pieces right here? Um, but yeah, like the and random cross dissolves mixed with wipes which is even worse um like it's um it's a clunky movie um and the actors in it are not great like i would say you know you probably your best actor in there is uh, is sir alec guinness genuine class but he um like yeah it's like this shouldn't work uh, the the script, uh, notoriously, all three of the original scripts, uh, the actors kind of improvised a lot of their own uh, own dialogue. Like by the time uh, Re- uh, Return comes out, you uh, not Return, sorry, but th- by the time Empire comes out, you have a different director on it, and I think you can say, okay, that's what makes that's what makes this a, a success. But I'm just kind of l- looking at Star Wars and being like. What made them so guaranteed that like feel so confident that this would succeed and what makes it magical like what made me as a kid so fascinated by it and I think it has a lot to do with the way sound and um, sound and effects are used like industrial light magic like I I actually can't believe I got through two whole episodes of that talking about like the influence of industrial light and magic on the film industry in general but um, yeah like it's it's the action. That is so good in star wars like and and it's they, so stimulating, you know
1: like I think part of it is that they created this this universe that looks pretty good, like mm-hmm. you know uh for its time and and you know and and into today, like you know yeah like you said, industrialized magic i mean because in the original trilogy they it was all stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there were puppets and animatronics and and actual things and sets. And they created this this world out of out of rubber and and <laughs> and metal and and cloth and and it was and and I think you know the 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 enduring power of Star Wars I think the the effect of it really comes with with Empire strikes back because the original Star Wars movie was just it could have been just a one off thing right cuz mm-hmm. like it it happens and and the the good guys blow up the death star and they get the medals at the end and and everything ends really happily and and you have the nice music and the march and, the, and it ends and it's over and uh and it's like okay great it's a nice little space movie uh but then you know empire strikes back and there's a second movie and, mm-hmm. like, listen, I wasn't alive when this came out, so i and there wasn't the internet, and there it was a different kind of time then, but I don't know i I don't know if I can say what it was like, but I'm sure it was probably kind of like a bit of a mind blowing thing mm-hmm. that they came out with this sequel where the bad guys win <laughs> you know and and then, of course, they have the big reveal where. Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father and that's that was a whole, you know, that was a big twist.
0: That was impossible. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> uh, you know, so that I think kind of cemented it as as like, okay, this is a thing and that's like, okay, well, the bad guys won, so how are the good guys going to get back? There has to be an ending to this story and then you have, uh, you know, Return of the Jedi and, and that whole thing and that wraps it up. Um I had always known. I had always heard. You know, when I was younger, that there were more stories. Mm-hmm. That there was the the three before and the three after, and there were there was always talk that this was going to be a thing, mm-hmm. and that it eventually did become a thing. Uh, so, you know, and what we make of that thing, I, I guess that's what this show was about.
0: Yeah. So, so two, two people that I think are really instrumental in what made Empire work even better, um, is, um, obviously Irvin Kirshner, um, because it's just like taking Star Wars and saying, this is what happens when you have an actual director on it. And by the way, uh fun little bit of trivia I learned and I think I saw this on the IMDb trivia and various other places that apparently Brian De Palma um had a look over at uh at Star Wars uh at Star Wars a New Hope uh prior to it being completed and like gave George Lucas some advice on. It. He was very critical of it, but I'm just like what a pair. Apparently they were friends, but th- that's an that's an odd pairing to me. <laughs> Um, He really condensed the scroll at the beginning, um, which is funny because those scrolls are so iconic and I'm thinking, do we love them because they're iconic or are they actually effective? And what I find hilarious is by the prequels that you need them for so much exposition <laughs> like there is so much goddamn exposition that i'm like i don't think i like the scrolls i understand they are iconic but i hate how much i need them like um but no so you know you get an actual fucking director uh in in irving kershner um on empire strikes back but also um there are two two writers on the screenplay Lawrence caston who um I, he seems, in terms of Star Wars, to be more of a writer-for-hire kind of guy. Like, you know, I don't know if he's a punch-up guy or whatever. I don't think he's much of an auteur as much as he's just, you know, a, a good, solid writer-for-hire. But Lee Brackett, who has such a history with sci-fi, um, in um, not just as a screenwriter, but as a novelist, um, she was called the, the Queen of the Space Opera. And... I feel like when we talk about when we talk about like the legends uh, in involved in Star Wars, um, I, I feel like she kind of gets left off of it. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know what parts of the screenplay were written by who, but I feel like the fact that you have this writer who who died before Empire was released, um, but that who was known for her um, for her qualities as not just a sci-fi writer, but a sci-fi novelist. And this empire takes a big step up as a film. Um, You know, I would love if she could get a little bit more credit as kind of one of the legendary forces behind Star Wars.
1: Yeah, this is all new to me, I'll be honest. I mean, I don't really know a lot about the the names and the people behind these films. You know, it's just sort of i'm 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 a pretty shallow fan when it comes to these kinds of things i oh hard same. Just, I just just kind of like to enjoy the the movie as it is, and you know yeah but but I get you I get like you know and listen, hey, you know, just um writers for hire, don't uh
0: there's nothing wrong with I'm not, I'm with not saying for you're hire.
1: knocking them but but i mean like you know, having good writers is a huge part of making a good movie. Yeah.
0: And there's, there's a huge difference between like a writer for hire and an auteur. Uh, and some people are both, uh, and also being a writer for hire or someone doing like uncredited rewrites and stuff that makes you a lot of money and it gets you a lot of friends and show business. in a sense, previous episode, Judd Apatow, he was, he was doing that for a while. He was doing the writer for hire rewrites kind of thing. Um, you know your, I guess your, you your utility room of writers. <laughs> did you? Did you know I am physically incapable of walking by a utility room without saying it, like without out loud going the utility room.
1: Oh yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you're not alone in that.
0: <laughs> yes, um, that's what I was thinking. Like, are there like a lot of iconic lines from Star Wars that actually affect the way we speak? The way, even I would say, like Star Trek has more of those. Like, I. Some people are incapable of saying "engage" without like saying it like Picard or asking for Earl Grey tea or something. And I'm like, does Star Wars have a lot of that? Like, and and I'm thinking, yeah, maybe it is because George Lucas is shitty at writing dialogue. Like, I don't know. In high school, if I wanted to prove to a guy that like I was a cool like nerd girl who knew the sci-fi stuff, I I know Star Wars is not sci-fi. I would call him a scruffy looking nerf herder, and they'd be like, a g- 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 girl knows Star Wars? Like, yeah. Um, yeah so it's, um, but so talking about the prequels, um, and uh, you know, I think if anything, I've come down to be kind of prequel neutral there and I am not a continuity nerd. I'm not one of those people who's updating the IMDb goofs like um that said that this took place that like I do not care that by the time episode 4 rolls around Obi-Wan looks way older than he should when you consider that Ewan McGregor was like in his 30s or whatever and then like Luke Skywalker is supposed to be 17 or 18 and all of a sudden Obi-Wan's an old man. I don't care about that stuff as much. But it's more when I think about, like, the wasted potential of stories. Like, one um, one kind of great thing is the relationship between uh, Anakin Skywalker and Owen Lars. Um, it's, um, you know, Owen Lars is a guy who chose not to take part in the, in the Clone Wars or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, your old friend who stayed behind and didn't, you know, didn't go off to fight with you and stuff. And it's more like... Those were the stories that I kind of wanted to see in uh, the prequels. Like, they didn't tell as many of those, like, not even slice of life, but those very human stories. Um, And then the other factor is, like, the, um, like, it's established in the original trilogy that there are people, there are some people who do not believe in the Force. And then there are some people who see the Force things, like, they see people using the Force, but they just think it's, like, just bullshit party trickery like the way I'd see a street magician or something. And throughout the original trilogy we hear about the clone wars like it's this mystic like this mystical thing. The prequels show the clone wars were actually so fucking recent. Like the prequels or the the prequel show that the clone wars were like 20 years ago or whatever. Jedi were all over the the clone wars just forcing it up. So it's more that like I feel like they kind of just invent a new dynamic in the prequels that um like when you realize just how little time there is in the universe between the prequels and the original trilogy that's where i feel like the prequels maybe have lost a bit of magic or something because like we we hear about the era of the clone wars and stuff and we hear about um you know Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader and there's a mysticism around it and then you do the prequel and you remove the mysticism it's i guess that's the case with any prequel
1: yeah i think so and i mean you know like isn't it a, like don't they call it like his ancient religion or his old religion like, when darth vader
0: i think ancient is the yeah word used, yeah
1: something along those lines and it's like well and it's like it's not really that ancient i mean like the jedi order was a thing like yeah, like fifteen years ago, dude. Like, like it's literally like,
0: could, if I were to talk about nine eleven, like, this, uh, like it's
1: the ancient <laughs> tragedy of nine eleven. The
0: ancient tragedy of me being in middle school.
1: Right. Yeah. You know. C- yeah. Because, like, I mean, these 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 generals or whatever in the room look like they've been around for a while. Mm-hmm. And so I think there. Yeah, there was definitely like a. They I think they made these prequels and it's like. Oh yeah, like Luke needs to be born, you know, and if Anakin is Darth Vader, then like how old is Darth Vader and you know, just, there's 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 definitely like a a time issue when you decide to to kind of set this sort of thing up because it's you know, and and, and it's just the one line that I that sticks out to me from the prequels that I hate the most mm-hmm. is begun the Clone Wars have or something like that it's just like you can't call it that yeah before it happens I mean I get that he's Yoda and he could probably see the future or something but like like that's, it's like nobody it's like oh it's the Second World War has begun like that's
0: well, even just, so, it's like the people who would... They obviously weren't calling it World War I, uh, you know? So It was
1: called the Great War. Then, yeah. You know? <laughs> and for a long time afterwards, that they just called it the Great War because that's, <laughs> it was the war. Yeah. And then there was another one, you know? like But, like, you, you, you can't, like... Anyway, whatever. Like, now I'm getting into weird...
0: Ted, I love, and I I don't want to force it out of you because I don't want to agitate you, but I love your sighs because you just feel the weight of the world (laughs) when you sigh. (laughs) Um, Which is how many of us feel when we're talking about not just Star Wars, but anything that's been either overdone or used in bad faith in certain ways. Um, There's this whole, like, mythos around George Lucas having the eu planned out from the beginning. And I do not doubt that he had an extended universe planned out from the beginning. You know, as I've said previously, I love I love creating characters. I love doing character bibles and story bibles. That's very different from actually writing and planning. Uh yes. it's the other thing, making up characters and stuff is not the same as planning. That is not planning at all. Yeah, World um,
1: building is is masturbatory unless you're actually going to sit down and do the work and write an actual novel or, you know, comic book or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, world building is fun. I've done that too. And I'm sure, I'm sure Lucas did plenty, but like the extended universe is so fractured because it's just licensed out to, you know, whoever is available. Like, man, have you gone through Wikipedia there's, I've
0: tried.
1: There is so much on yeah. there. I mean, I will say the one thing I know about the U- the extended universe is there was at least one dog in Anchorhead. I don't know what that means, but <laughs>
0: like <laughs> You know what I think it means? Think harder, Homer. Um <laughs> Um yeah, I um so Again, this is totally something they said in We Hate Movies, so I got to give credit to, and I think it was Steve who said it, um, that I don't think he actually had anything planned out. I think he had planned out from the beginning he wanted Darth Vader to be Luke's father. And how are we going to get there? Then we'll figure it out. What are we going to do after? Then we'll figure it out. Like, And it's one of those things, like, you know, when you, you know... We've we've both been to high school and college and we've done group projects and someone who's trying to make it look like they're doing a lot of work much like I often do on this show and I try to act like I know a lot and it's like oh yeah I'm working on some stuff oh no, no I was I was I've been planning some stuff or like you're in a meeting with someone who says they've been doing a lot of planning which really means they've just been like fucking fucking around on wikipedia um I feel like that's like George Lucas when he quote unquote planned out the EU I'm like did you really you can be honest with me, George, um, because, yeah, you're fractured is a great word to describe it.
1: <laughs> there's so much. And, you know, th- th- there's just it, and it goes all over the place. And like you can find. So you you mentioned uh, We Hate Movies. I'll I'll mention a podcast that. It's not really a Star Wars or a movies or anything, but the, the F Plus podcast did an episode on Wikipedia mm-hmm. where they read a bunch of just like the weirdest entries. Um and, you know, there's what was the one I'm trying to think of like they they found the Biscuit Baron, <laughs> um, which is a, a fast food chain in the Star Wars universe. <sighs> somewhere and, and and one of the one of the guys goes the biscuit baron that's not star wars that's a saturday morning sh- cartoon from the bbc <laughs> like but it's a thing like it, it, there's 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 fast food chains and there's there's all kinds of there's all kinds of you know wacky you know uh planets and 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 alien races that are like uh just like they they're really sexy and they emit these pheromones and they can drink a lot without getting wasted and like you know and there's a there's a bounty hunter or there's a there's a jedi or a guy who thinks he's a jedi named <laughs> don juan quixote
0: oh god, like,
1: this is a star wars character d o n dash w a n like qi apostrophe like it's like (laughs) like, this is a thing that you can find on wikipedia and it's like oh this is actually a pretty good story you know guys pass his prime and he he... (laughs) did you take your microphone out of anger like
0: (laughs) no i was um i was actually uh trying to get a dead bug out of a candle oh okay okay the candle um because uh, I've got dead bugs all over. My- I- I've been dealing with a lot of spiders lately,
1: Ted. Lots of spiders. We, you know what? We have a lot of spiders, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, thi-
0: I live kind of near water, so I don't know. Like, But I, I love spiders, but uh, I don't like finding them around my house because I'm worried my cat's going to eat them and turn into a spider or develop Spider-Man powers. I think um, that's how that works. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, man. I was just thinking about this because, like, you know we've talked a lot on this whole podcast about how disney destroys like auteur directors and stuff um back when there could be a little and and to be fair i think the there has never been an auteur nature to star wars but i'm just picturing how fun it would be if you let sam Raimi get all evil dead all over a star wars universe movie that would be so much fun <laughs> um yeah so and and not to disparage people who do the depths of Wikipedia thing. I mean, that's that's We Hate Movies' whole thing with their gleep glossary and reading through these weird-ass characters. But most of it is just, like, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, that the the humor of it comes from the depths of it and the depths that people go through. And the fact that We Hate Movies is able to do a 40-minute episode on uh, Davin Felt, the uh, Luxor droids. Um, you know, that's funny. But it's also really fucking weird.
1: Like Well, I think Get laid (laughs) The funny thing the funny thing about like Star Wars and the extended universe is I believe part of the reason that Wikipedia exists is because Star Wars nerds got kicked off of Wikipedia because (laughs) they would make like these enormous articles that were you know tens of thousands of words like there was a there was an exercise people would find called wiki groaning where you look up oh, the wikipedia article for something real <laughs> like like the Higgs boson or something. And then you look up the (laughs) Wikipedia article for lightsaber and you compare how long it takes you to scroll to the bottom. Oh, God. And the Wikipedia article for lightsaber, you know, at the time had like, you know, 150,000 words or some ridiculous amount and like all these references and stuff. But, you know, so, like, listen, like, I, I, you know, I, I don't know why I never got into the extended universe. I'm not sure. And, you know, and I had some of the extra things. Like, I played that, I played some of the, the video games. and Did you watch and, The Clone Wars? You know, and I never did. I don't know when, like, I think I might have been, it, it might have been like, oh, you know, kind of like, oh, I'm too old for this. Or, or it just was never on when I was, mm-hmm. I, I was never interested in it. Um, but I mean, I was into, you know, I, I mean, I like extra stuff. I like spin-offs and, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure the extended universe is something that would have captured me. I don't know why it never did. Um, you know, but. But it uh, is, I,
0: I think I, I feel like I, I might be able to speak to this because I am someone who really likes Star Wars, but has ADHD and, um, has like the number one thing that stops me from getting fully into stuff is the commitment of having to read a lot, which sounds ridiculous because not only in my line of work, but also that I was an English literature major. Um, but you know, until there's a fucking test of the dubervilles expanded expanded universe that uh rivals that of Star Wars, like Victorian literature, which was my area of focus, has nothing on Star Wars. Um there's a lot of pressure. And not just in Star Wars, but I will say in things like Marvel, DC, um, not so much Star Trek. I find Star Trek fans are pretty laid back about this, but I'll say like Battlestar Galactic and stuff, to be a completist and to have this in-depth knowledge. And like, it's weird because there's almost this false dichotomy in terms of Star Wars fandom. You're either, well, I mean, I guess false trichotomy because you're either not a fan at all and you're just like, you know, you're a you're a wasteoid. You are a Yeah, I'm going to go watch Star Wars and pew pew see lasers or you are fully submerged in the extended universe uh and you know every single gleep glop character's name um and You can name every single thing that, well, this was actually Lucas's intention and, you know, like beyond the IMDB trivia, like you've put time into this. And I think there's somewhere between the second and third tier where I lie, which is to say, I really like Star Wars. I really love the characters. I have an intense curiosity about a lot of the things, but I, when it, when it starts to feel like homework, I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. You know, yeah, like...
1: yeah, I think that might have been it. I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those things that I just never really. And I got into lore for, you know, extended lore for other, for other properties. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I. But then, but did I really, like, you know, I I knew little bits and pieces about, you know, the lore of uh, World of Warcraft, for example. Uh, you know, I loved the story of the orcs. Um, and, and I was, when I would, when I was playing that game, I would make different characters and I would always look up the lore because I wanted to be lore appropriate and I wanted (laughs) to, I wanted to be part of the world, right? Like, you Mm. know, um, but at the same time, this is all mostly just stuff from the actual games. I never really read any of the books, uh or any of the, the spin-off stuff so maybe, maybe
0: it takes a lot of effort
1: it it does and yeah. and it, 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 i think by 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 2006 or whatever like obviously i was an adult at that point so it was part of it was just kind of like i don't really need to do this mm-hmm. um you know but i had i had other interests when i was a when i was a teenager uh and when the when the prequel trilogy was was out and and churning through pop culture and like like i said i was 14 when phantom menace came out and that was a big deal and i was a teenager and you know there was a huge marketing machine behind it so like we we had there was there was a thing at pizza hut where you could collect stickers <laughs> and it was kind of like mcdonald's monopoly where if you get all the stickers of a certain series you win something and you know i had the little piece of paper with all the stickers except for the one in each one that would actually let you win something so you, i never won anything from it and a friend of mine wanted to collect the pepsi cans that had the actors faces on them i remember
0: he's, those cans oh my god
1: and he's like oh these are going to be worth like a ton of money one day and, like i don't know i if think he that ever was actually...
0: around the time that pepsi had switched to the design of the blue can because yes. prior to that pepsi, pepsi was a white can with the blue and red on it and it was so edgy when they did that blue design and i feel in retrospect that's what it was good for was merchandising because you were able to put like a character or something on it and not take away from the logo or anything. It was kind
1: of like a black and white sort of woodcut style yeah. portrait, and you'd have you'd have Liam Neeson, and you'd have Ewan McGregor, and you'd have Jake Lloyd and and Natalie Portman, and they would be on these pop cans. <laughs> <laughs> and, Uh, You know, so there was all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I had a crush on Natalie Portman when I was a teenager because it's like, oh, she's the Princess Leia of this generation, except that she doesn't really get, you know, as naked as as Carrie Fisher did in uh, in the whole Slave Leia thing. She gets a bare midriff in Clone Wars. Um, that's true and, and in one of her interviews she calls it, it's like that's my that's my sexed up <laughs> like <laughs> that's how she referred to it in one of the interviews like yeah. i will say like uh, that whole thing with with anakin and amidala makes me incredibly uncomfortable to mm-hmm. this day and it it was painful like, and part of it was because I was also, you know, hormonal and crushing on people and not succeeding that it hurt a lot to watch it. And then like going back to it, it's, I still get that well of kind of like, like, Oh crap, you know, like I'm 17 again. And I'm like, you <laughs> know. Ugh, yeah, so I,
0: <laughs> I fully agree with you. Um, Okay, so since we're on this, and and I will say one of the thoughts that I had because it, it totally comes back to this with the pressure to be a Star Wars completist, and uh, I try not to ever do oppression Olympics because I am a white bisexual woman. I am basically seventy five percent of Twitter, um, but uh, sometimes that whole pressure to be a Star Wars completist that you know you can sometimes feel like I just I I do not have the ability to go beyond um, the weird pressure that comes with that. Double it when you're a woman. Absolutely double it if you're a woman. Because if I, like, especially when I was around university and I was taking a lot of film courses and my boyfriend at the time was a film major. And you had to, I had to be so careful about who I brought up liking Star Wars to because I, you know, I used to say I consider myself a Star Wars fan. Um, And for a while I would, I started hesitating to because quote unquote, liking Star Wars versus being a Star Wars fan are considered different things. And the second you say like, oh yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan and you're expected to have all these opinions, more opinions than I have now, because like it's taken me a while to really develop a lot of fleshed out opinions on Star Wars. Things like, I, you know what, say when I'm 20 or 21, like I could have offered you up maybe a really strong opinion on the implications of switching it to Greedo shooting first but that's about it, you know? I didn't have a lot of thoughts about the light and dark allegories of Star Wars. I didn't have a lot of thoughts about the Christ metaphor of Anakin Skywalker. And when you're a woman and you bring up liking Star Wars, you just feel like you're about to be quizzed. And uh, there's a lot of all gatekeeping. that fucking sucks. So,
1: so yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of gatekeeping and a lot of fandom. And um, yeah, and like... And I, I, yeah, I'll agree with you. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, as a, you know, heterosexual white male, I am the most oppressed person in the world. Uh, <laughs> wink. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, yeah, like, I'm sure your, your experiences were just, were just absolutely like that because there's, it's... Uh, and I will say for,
0: for the record... Take what I what I experience and multiply it by five to ten. If you are a person of color or like a non English speaking Star Wars fan or some, something like that, um. So, uh, which which does bring me to kind of the gatekeeping that surrounded um, the uh, the Skywalker trilogy, especially because what I find oddest is that and like I know that no one no one generation like owns a, a piece of property or anything. But I do find it very odd when people who have the strongest opinions about something like Star Wars, like, are not even the ones who were alive when the original material came out. Like, it it felt like a lot of the the posting wars around Star Wars were started by people like my age, and like, I am six years younger than Return of the Jedi, so it's like back back the fuck off. It's it's kind of like how right now, um, I think the-
1: part of it is that Gen X just doesn't give a shit. Oh my like- god, like they are. <laughs>
0: I want to be Gen X. <laughs> Maybe that's why such, I married a Gen Xer.
1: You know, they they were they were too old when the internet, you know, kind of came about. In I mean, Gen X was all over like Usenet or whatever. But when the millennial internet and what we have now, like we were the kids who kind of grew up with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so our lives, we we developed. You know, we're flame war veterans and. and <laughs> That's just kind of how we live now, but, like, listen, like, like yeah, like, <laughs> oh, my God, I saw my friend get flamed, and, like, <laughs> he got banned right in front of me. You don't forget a thing like that. But, like, I, I found it so bizarre that, you know, and maybe it's just because I was older and and and, and not quite as you know, angry about stupid bullshit. But I found it so bizarre that people were so mystified. Like, in the opening trailer when Finn shows up and he's wearing his his Stormtrooper armor, like a black Stormtrooper. And I love
0: that shot. Like, that's it's funny because... The, just the shot of a stormtrooper ripping off his helmet and kind of like the look in his eyes, that was when I was it, like, like, oh, this is going to be good. Like,
1: breathing heavy and all, like, yeah. you know, oh yeah, no, that was, uh, I thought that was really cool. But then it's like, it's like, listen, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. It's like, you're talking about a world where like one of the generals of the original army was a fish man. <laughs> like he he, he was a, a, a guy with a rubber fish head on his like, it's a trap like that like he's he's not a you know like what why do you care about this like the you know one of the main one of the main you know antagonists in one of the films is a giant slug who has who has like a little dude a little fuzzy dude who just laughs like you know and and as
0: it turns out thank you mike is is gender fluid so I, yes, d- I, I think that. that that's interesting. Java. I didn't know that. That's, that's a thing fucking I know. Now. Awesome. They them job of the hut. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like so with that, like I the reason why I feel almost conciliatory about the fact that I came down too hard on the prequels uh in the last episode, or not prequels, the sequels, is because I realize there's a lot of baggage around whether or not people like the pre the sequels, fuck. Now I'm mixing up prequel and why does, sequel. I just like, I
1: don't know why it needs to be a culture war thing. I get that everything has yeah. to be a culture war thing, but like, it's it's a movie, guys. Just relax.
0: Yeah. And like, someone like the character of Ray, I actually because I thought Ray was probably the best new character that they introduced. Um, I would say like I I thought it would have been Finn, um, except that um you know, John Boyega got put in movie jail, I guess. And, uh, you know, we, we, his character doesn't get to be developed anymore. Whoops. Um, but like Ray, I thought was an awesome character and kind of perfect for the hero's journey narrative. Like, you know, plus she's plucky, she's capable, she's just sassy enough, you know, because Star Wars is still a kid's movie. Like, I don't think Disney did anything to really neuter it. Um, I think it's a I th- I think at least the originals were a little sexy and not not as much anymore but like for the most part like Rey as a protagonist fits in the seer- the spirit of Star Wars a lot. She also has a lot of things about her that are a lot like Princess Leia. She's attractive, she can kind of stand on her own, she can uh, she's kind of one with the guys in that sense. Um she is very intelligent, she's very independent, she's a little stubborn. Why do people hate Ray? Because I guarantee these guys were yanking it to Princess Leia when they were eleven years old.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, it's she's it's it's interesting because the the sequel trilogy is very much like, and I've heard this like a, a, kind of like a retelling of the original trilogy. There's a lot of parallels, and I I think that's on purpose. But like you know, where you take Ray versus Luke, Luke is a naive um, you know, kinda bumpkin. He's yeah, he's he's a naive whiny kinda child. He's a farm boy, he's a bit of a bumpkin, he doesn't really know very much. And I mean, whereas like like Ray obviously hasn't been off of um her planet, which is also a desert planet, um, but she's much more resourceful, um, because she had to survive on her own, so she has that sort of grit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you take her out of that element and and kind of bring her into the wider galaxy, uh, and it it kind of opens things up a little bit. Why you know? I mean, sometimes people just hate that there's a woman as the lead. You know, I, I, I absolutely
0: think, think that's the case. You know,
1: like. You know, because I mean, she's such a compelling character. I think she's very interesting. But it's yeah. like, oh well, you know, why does she have all these force powers? And like, it took Luke. Off. We
0: don't even see a montage of her training. You know,
1: like, oh, uh, fuck. Okay, all right. <laughs> so Shut I, up. You know, like, I mean, her being a Palpatine was kind of dumb. But like, yeah, sure. I mean, I okay, sure. Like, I guess, like, I guess everyone's got
0: to be related yeah. to someone.
1: Like, like, I guess I can sort of understand the argument that like you know if if it's a if it's a big arc palpatine was pulling the strings from the beginning maybe he has to be pulling the strings until the very end and they have to end it end it end it you know mm-hmm. cuz it it didn't end when darth vader tossed him down the chute or whatever um and he was still kind of around in the background sure fine like i can i can get that as a narrative device but you know like one of the things that i really kind of liked about the sequels is there was this mystery about who ray is that seemed like so much of a so much of the theme uh, is discovering who she is and then it's like oh yeah no it's just it's just palpatine like you know mm-hmm. like, oh okay <laughs> you know, like yeah just, it just it was kind of like it was <laughs> and then they found out it was palpatine you know like it's like anyway but there was you know
0: yeah um actually it's funny because you mentioned like the the contrast between luke and ray and um both of us are from small towns i actually feel like those are the two archetypes of people you see in small towns most often the completely naive bumpkin um versus the kind of like they're 11 going on 35, just like, you know, hacking up cigarettes, just like, you know, they, they know the sound like the back of their hand. And, uh, so oh, it depends. I, uh, on, yeah, yeah. Like and those de- are both great archetypes for adventure.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. It depends on your life, right? Like, I mean, I'll, I'll cop to being a bit more of a bumpkin Uh, you know i I was a a very sheltered life
0: i was a bumpkin in my small town as i've mentioned many times i grew up in a town that had both a coke and a meth problem you don't see both colliding (laughs) very often but uh, that's what happens when you got a lot of organized crime and biker gangs in your town um and so i was really a, a bumpkin in the town but then by the time i left to uh university a university which is notorious for being like a a party school and B like where all the GTA suburban kids who didn't go to Ryerson end up um, or Toronto Inter- yes <laughs> the T- TMU where they end up I um, uh, I was I was looked at like uh, like more of a Ray type like just like kind of jaded with my little cigarette like oh like. I, I was shocked when I said I, I smelled something like, does it smell like crack in here? And people are laughing and they're like, crack has a smell. I'm like, yes. And like, you smoked crack? I'm like, no, but I've been around crack. Right. Um, and like, <laughs> it's funny because I, I think of myself still as a dopey farm boy. Um, although I've never lived on a farm, but, um, I think of myself still as a Luke Skywalker type, but I think I walked in and all of a sudden I was Han Solo to these people. Um, (laughs) okay. So, um, uh, if, if we're, uh, I, I designed kind of different, uh, different lightning rounds for all of, for all of the episodes with you. I have actually got, uh, because you're, you're my, you're my popcorn fan. I've got the kind of. Star Wars lightning round popcorn edition and this is going to be fun as shit
1: all so, right so Ted
0: what is the best name in Star Wars to name a pet
1: the best name in Star Wars to name a pet it's like naming a pet after a Star Wars yeah character. If,
0: yeah if you got a if you got a pet and you're like I want to name you something and you, you picked a Star Wars name
1: I don't know if I would actually do that um, <laughs>
0: you're way too cool
1: yeah yeah no no like uh that's i don't know oh, jeez let me
0: so I will give a great example also because uh this cat as I know recently passed uh but friend of the show Maggie Olson, her parents' cat uh is named wedge antilles, or was named wedge antilles uh rest in peace long live wedge antilles the cat
1: that's okay that's that's a that's a dorky name for a cat, but uh mm-hmm. I don't know um Porkins.
0: Like... Porkins is a great name for a cat. Oh my god! I would hope he's fat. Yeah. Or or a dog. I don't know why I'm just thinking of cats. Like, um, like a bulldog.
1: I'm thinking like a like a <laughs> name Porkins.
0: I would probably say Bib Fortuna uh, is sure. uh, is a good one. Um, because then you could call him Bib, and that's like more of a cute name. Like anyone comes in, what's your cat's name? Oh, Bib. But I would know it's Bib Fortuna. Um, <laughs> of all the movies, which one has the best action?
1: the best action. I'm going to say I'm going to say the uh I'm going to say Last Jedi. I loved that scene in Snoke's chamber mm-hmm. with all the red dudes yeah. and they're kind of going back and forth. It's it's Rey and Kylo and they're they're dueling the guys. As much as I love Duel of the Fates and the double-sided lightsaber with Darth Maul, um mm-hmm. you know, uh I I'm going to say Last Jedi.
0: I think the cliche would be to say Empire because the battle between Luke and um and Darth Vader is one of probably the most well-known scene in Star Wars history. Uh the setting of it, everything feels so high stakes on the plat- on that platform. I actually gravitate toward Revenge of the Sith because I love the final battle of Obi-Wan versus Anakin. I love yeah. Anakin just burning up like a crispy critter. So there's not much that I love about Revenge of the Sith, but I do like the action in it. That,
1: that high ground wasn't really all that high, though. <laughs> I like, mean, Luke seemed a, fine. He was on a bit of a slope. it like, seemed fine.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, um, who is the best actor uh, across the franchise?
1: I'm going to have to go with Harrison Ford on that one. I I like Harrison yeah. Ford. I mean, I get that maybe in the first one, but like even in the first one, he was better than Mark Hamill was. And yeah. Alec Guinness didn't get a lot of screen time. Uh, yeah. Because they had to kill him. But I mean, <laughs> I just, you know, because Harrison Ford is in six of them Mm -hmm. um you know i just i find i just i I think he's good i think he's good
0: (sighs) i think i have to agree with you because i think he and carrie fisher are the two who really like they are their character you know um and and hamill doesn't get a lot of credit i really can't stand when people say he's just a voice actor i'm like voice acting is like what is is acting Voice acting is acting it's voice acting is a very unique thing that hamill is very good at and he's kind of i don't want to say one of the last but like currently like him and like the likes of like i'd say like billy west and stuff are the ones who are actually like keeping voice acting a true art where cuz now like when it's animated movies is like let's just cast Zendaya or whatever. Um I I really like Mark Hamill's voice work, but um yeah, Harrison Ford probably one of my first like I didn't have a lot of crushes on boys I knew as a kid. Um, I had a lot of crushes on girls I knew, and that created a lot of scary feelings. But like the crushes I developed as a preteen on men were all men in action movies, and I would say like Pierce Brosnan, one of them, um, David Duchovny uh, in in X Files, of course, but Harrison Ford. Um, he has. So much charisma as uh, as Han Solo, and he brings it back really well in in the Skywalker trilogy or the the first one, I guess. Um, oh, yeah, I guess he's not, not in. he's not even really he's not really phoning it in when he could. Like that man's in his seventies. He's you know he he probably just wants to go and fucking take his newspaper and fall asleep on the chair. Um, yeah, I, I think he still has so much chemistry as uh, uh, with. Um, with Carrie Fisher and um yeah he's fantastic he's a delight um on a related note who is the character that you care most about
1: oh that's a good question i mean cuz i don't know um the character i care most about i don't know if i necessarily care like you know i when i watch the when i'm watching a movie generally speaking i'm you know, I'm caring about making sure that the characters make it through. Okay. And, you know, I want the good guys to win. Like most people do. And, you know, but like one character, there's nobody that really stands out. I'll be honest. I mean, there's mm-hmm. nobody really stands out as, as a particular character that I care about.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, So we haven't mentioned really, um, uh, the the tv series probably because we talked at length about them uh in uh uh we we talked at length about them in the last uh couple episodes but i would i kind of agree with you i think everyone um i think everyone in the original series you kind of care about equally like i could say yeah i really care about uh you know i really care about luke of course i care about luke skywalker um But I would say I care a lot about, uh, Pedro Pascal and the Mandalorian. Um, I think he has a really good story to me, um, and the, the bond that he begins forming with the child, like, that doesn't get a lot of credit for being, uh, pretty well fleshed out, um, probably because the second season wasn't as good as the first and stuff, but, um, he you know, they define his moral code pretty uh, pretty well, and um, he is charismatic. I wish he didn't fucking take off his helmet in uh, in the second season, but yeah, I, I like the Mandalorian a lot, and I cared about him enough that he could actually carry the series. Like, I feel like the other series haven't been as good. Even, it's like, Everyone loves Obi-Wan. Everyone loves Boba Fett, but, like, no one ended up liking those series, but, um, you know, you actually like the Mandalorian enough that you can follow him for two whole seasons, and, yeah, I like that. Um, Who is the cutest character in the Star Wars universe?
1: The cutest, you know, I and I that my subversive nature is trying to come up with something that isn't obvious, mm-hmm. you know, I because I I wanted to I wanted to bring up the robot that looks like a McDonald's trash can at some point in this <laughs> in, in this recording, but I don't know if there's going to be an opportunity for it. Um, I mean, there's there's plenty of, um you know, like. I'll have to go o g and just say just like I just love ewoks I think they're hilarious, you know? yeah.
0: <laughs> um, my parents up until a couple of years ago had a dog who looked just like an ewok and they got her an ewok costume yeah, of for course. You yeah have to. <laughs> and I think like warwick davis as as a person is adorable as well, like he's got this beautiful like bright beaming smile and stuff like uh and um I think it's his whole family is, is has dwarfism um, or his children are also little people. I think I've seen, I've seen a picture of him and his family and it's hard to tell if his kids are little people or if they're just kids um, at, at that point. Um, but he is like, and he, he has actually done like a lot of the conventions and stuff and he'll always like make time for fans. So I love that about him. Um, I actually will say that I've always found R2 to be uh adorable particularly because and what i like about him he's also the best part of the prequels uh he's a little stinker oh yeah no, r2 is, love, r2 is the best i love <laughs> characters who are little stinkers um and little little bastards um and so i because i really I hate c3po i think you're supposed to hate c3po um but anytime r2 is on and even like the sound of his beeping is just so cute um i can't do it as as established with my attempt at a George Lucas impression last episode, I, I'm not a great impressionist. Um but uh yeah, I like his little beep beeps. If
1: if you can make R2D2 sound like Jordan Peterson, uh then <laughs> I will be very impressed.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing is he would just start crying over some shit. Um Okay. Who is the worst character?
1: Boba Fett. So <laughs> Boba Fett is the most overrated character in Star Wars. Everybody loves this guy because he has a mm-hmm. cool helmet and cool armor, but he dies like a chump. He gets very little like actual screen time to develop into him into anything other than this badass bounty hunter that you can project whatever you want onto. And he debuted in the Christmas special.
0: Are you saying he's a manic pixie dream character?
1: Uh, sure. Why not? Yeah. No, like, I, I do not care about Boba Fett at all. And, like, so many people are like, oh, he's so badass, he's so cool. He's like, no, he's not cool, he sucks. Like <laughs> at, least,
0: at least the good thing about not caring about Boba Fett is you can't really allow yourself to get that upset with, like, Boba Fett and the prequels and the book of Boba Fett and stuff. I, I will say I don't, I don't hate Boba Fett, but I do think that even giving him this extended backstory and the series is so fanservice-y. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, characters characters like that are great when they are mysterious and do not have a lot of backstory. Um, yeah. so, um it's funny because I have Django Fett down as worst character. <laughs> um I um I thought it was an an unnecessary ad. Um so yeah, Django Fett for me. Um what is the best one liner in Star Wars?
1: Who's scruffy looking?
0: um yeah i mean i i had scruffy looking nerf herder on my short list um mainly because my again if you were in high school when i was in high school and you wanted to prove that you were a cool nerd girl all you had to do was drop in something not really obscure like um like uh scruffy looking nerf herder and, oh, boys were all over you. Um, which then it turns out you you didn't want because yeah. boys are awful. Um, I do, however, and Phantom Menace, I, I will not come around on the Phantom Menace. Sorry, Eric. But uh, the ability to speak does not make you intelligent uh, from Qui-Gon Jinn. Not only because Qui-Gon Jinn is my favorite character in Phantom Menace. I thought Neeson was great in that movie. But... Um, I feel like a lot of people could still stand to hear that, including a certain Kermit man.
1: I loved that line when I was 14 and I was like a bitter edgelord who. Oh, no. All of my <laughs> well, I'm
0: still st- a bitter edgelord.
1: All of my stupid classmates. And it's like, I thought I was like king shit and I was the smartest person in the world because I got good grades. And, uh, but like that line. And I mean, listen, you can. Like, all you want is, um, this is no fault of you. But that line just reminds me of the little asshole I was when I was a teenager. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm so smart. <laughs> just because you can speak doesn't mean you're smart. I'm smart. <laughs>
0: I think the reason, though, I it has persevered is because there are still people who need to hear that, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, I'm not yeah.
1: disagreeing. But <laughs>
0: okay. So, uh, just as we've talked about how Harrison Ford really makes that movie, and Han is the best character, uh, it is a fact that Burt Reynolds uh, was considered for the role of Han Solo. Um, also someone who auditioned for um, episode one, Tupac Shakur auditioned for the role of Mace Windu. So I ask you, Ted, which universe would you rather live in? One where Burt Reynolds was Han Solo or one where Tupac Shakur was Mace Windu?
1: Um, I would have to go with Tupac just because I don't care about Mace Windu. Mm-hmm. Because like, I mean, in, you know, rest in peace Tupac. Um, Mace Windu was built up in the marketing for Phantom Menace. It was. You know, because it was Samuel L. Jackson. It's like, oh, we've got Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu.
0: But I don't think
1: they actually say his name in Phantom Menace at all. He's just there on the council. And He he doesn't do anything.
0: He's one of those characters that when you do, like, invest a lot into the EU, which, like, I haven't read the EU novels, but I have watched uh, the Clone Wars series, and he is a very important character, but as, you know, I discussed with Mike, like, he is super just there in in the prequels, uh, has a very unceremonious exit, but you are right that they marketed the shit out of it, uh, uh, probably because he was the most well-known actor at the time to be in... I think he was kind of the most high-end actor that they got in the prequels at the time.
1: I think so. But yeah, it, but it just, it didn't pan out into anything. And so, like, I mean, I like, you know, it doesn't really matter. Whereas, like, I cannot imagine Burt Reynolds as Han Solo. Like, I just can't picture it. And, I, uh, and, see, and I the... think
0: he at least has a Han Solo-ish vibe. Like, sure. I, can, I can understand. I can understand totally why they would go, but... At the time, Harrison Ford was more unknown, and he had a bit more of a grittiness to him, whereas, like, I think Burt Reynolds could get the sleazy aspects of Han Solo uh, right, but I do I buy him as, like, a kind of scrappy mercenary? No.
1: You know, and then, of course, all I ever think about is Norm MacDonald's impression of him in Celebrity Jeopardy, where he changes his name to Turd Ferguson, and so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a funny name. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, No, I think I'll also go for Tupac as much because Mace Windu is a character that I feel was very wasted and Samuel L. Jackson could have been amazing as him. But uh, if we're going that, like, nothing would have changed about this character, including the writing and everything, uh, just the actor playing him. I'll say Tupac Shakur. And also, maybe I could have butterfly affected something by casting Tupac Shakur in this and ended up saving Tupac Shakur's life. Who knows? You know, life could have been very different. Um, Okay. Of all the recent, uh, you know pearl-clutching over the reanimating and bringing dead actors back to life or making people young again, um, what is the best example of it being done well?
1: Ugh. I, uh, I don't know if I... Uh, I don't know, like, because, like...
0: Y- your answer can be none of them, if yeah, you want. it can <laughs> be none
1: of them, sure. Like, you know, because, like, obviously, like, you know, when they put... Hayden Christensen in um, at the end of Return of the Jedi instead of whoever oh, I hated played that played the original Darth Vader like that was kind of weird. Um, it's I I don't know I the 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 weird like we're gonna digitally insert a young Mark Hamill like I don't know I just think that's weird I just think it's weird. It's
0: weird, and um, I just think it's unnecessary. again, it shows like, it shows a lack of creativity. Like yeah. casting, casting is an art. You get some like people like Allison Jones and stuff who have made careers out of being amazing at uh, as casting directors, and you're really telling me you can't find someone to recapture that magic? I will actually stand by my opinion that I said in the first episode: Topher Grace would make such a good like slightly older than he was in the original series luke skywalker um because he has that like kind of jumping out of my skin energy and um yeah I, and fit fittingly his character on that 70s show was obsessed with star wars <laughs> um but yeah i just fucking there are so many actors out there you can you can find someone. I promise you. Just go
1: um, to a convention, like find a lookalike. Like, yeah, you
0: know. We, we know these people do not need to be great actors because we have seen <laughs> Nobody, we have seen yeah. Hayden Christians and, and Natalie Portman uh, be fucking flat cardboard in in the prequels. Um, I will say that I don't think uh, Princess Leia looked terrible in Rogue One. I think that was probably one of the better aspects. Uh, if anything, I was thinking about this when they did the Luke Skywalker in Book of Boba Fett and uh, and Mando. And I think what freaks me out more is the voice because the voice will always feel a little off when they de voice. voice um, or like, because I don't know entirely how, like I think it said it's Mark Hamill's voice, but they're using like, technology using, like, some bits from the original movies and stuff, The it's always the voice that will feel off to me um, more than the visuals. But, yeah, if I had to concede to one, I don't think Pres- Princess Leia looks terrible in Rogue One. It's still ghoulish and, like, stop doing it, but...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let people just get old. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. <laughs> Now this is kind of a broad question, but what is the dorkiest thing you have ever done related to Star Wars? Whether it's, you know, maybe you camped out around the block, maybe you maybe you dressed up as a character, maybe you got in a really stupid fucking argument about stars. What is the dorkiest you have ever been in relation to Star Wars?
1: The dorkiest. <sighs> I guess it's it, it. I guess it would just have to be like, like I just how kind of like mildly obsessed with Natalie Portman I was <laughs> when I was like fourteen, fifteen years old. Like I had a huge crush on her, and I wanted to meet her, and I wanted to be her boyfriend, and I like looked up like Natalie Portman fan sites on the internet and. <laughs> and it was because she was in Star Wars, and that was—I ha- hadn't really known her before that, and I haven't really watched a lot of her stuff since then. Um, but that would be that would be my answer.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I, I wrote in someone's Valentine once, um, and this was just—I was. Because I was an ugly girl uh, growing up, anytime I had a crush on someone, I was labeled as a crazy stalker because, um, you know, if when you're cute and you have a crush, it's a crush. When you are ugly and you have a crush, you're a crazy stalker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This wasn't Yeah, yeah, totally. This this even wasn't even a boy I had a crush on. This was just a boy I was friends with. Um and it was we were getting to the age where you don't get Valentines for everyone in your class. You just give Valentines to some of the people in your class. Um and I got uh three that year. Um and I forget like it was just, you know, a generic Valentine, but I also wrote on it, search your feelings, you know it to be true.
1: Okay. Because
0: we both liked we both like Star Wars a lot. And um the problem was, he knew it was Star Wars. The person, you know, next to him or whatever picked that up and they're like, oh, dude, Brianna, because no one called me Brie back then. It was Brianna. I'm like, oh, dude, Brianna wrote that to you. And like, and uh, I was a uh, big loser from from there on out. <laughs> Already big loser, but bigger loser. Um, yeah, it was, because that's the thing, you know, we talk about like the lack of iconic quotes and stuff from Star Wars. Everyone knows, Luke, I am your father. I I always say, like, that's impossible and search your feelings you know it to be true like just as important i especially because i also think about the um the robot chicken parody and um because it's almost crossed over to the real thing in my mind um where he goes that's improbable like um and then it's like and and the force well that's just something called midichlorians um But yeah, I think search your feelings, you know it to be true is a more iconic thing because it's a very menacing, it's a very menacing concept of like, don't even deny it, bitch. (laughs) Um, But so I thought I thought I was so cool writing this in a valentine and um, turns out I was not because nothing I did as a kid was cool. Um, So Ted, my, my friendly nerd friend, when did Star Wars peak for you?
1: Um. Yeah, this one I haven't given as much thought to, even though that's the name of the show. But like you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like I don't know. I I would have to say I would have to say it was the prequel trilogy where it peaked for me because that was when I was the most into it. I went to I, I went to go see Last Jedi in theaters. I I watched uh, the Force Awakens on on um, on streaming. Yeah. Uh well it was on Netflix at the time actually. I think uh before it was before the whole Disney Plus takeover. You're right. Yeah. Um so I I watched that and then I went to go see last giant theaters but like it was just sort of like I'm just going to go see a movie like it would be it would be when I was when I was a teenager and the 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 prequels were out and that whole thing would be when mm-hmm. I peaked in it cuz that was when I was the most into it. That was when I had friends who were into it and when I knew and cared about it you know beyond just kind of like here's another fun movie to watch
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I would say for me the more I've thought about it the more of these episodes I've done I think it does come back to those special editions for me and at first like my one hesitation around saying like that's peak Star Wars is the most infamous aspect which was uh, Greedo shooting first but to me, that is also part of peak Star Wars lore because that's when Star Wars discourse really started. And when you start talking about like the cracks in the George Lucas veneer and people admitting that maybe George Lucas, who had a great idea, is kind of a little artistically bankrupt. Maybe George Lucas really has been doing nothing but just playing Sims with uh, regards to this extended universe of, uh, by last count, 21,000 characters. Um <laughs> And... uh Yeah, like, I would say Star Wars pedantry and online discourse is an important, an an insufferable, but important part of Star Wars. And, you know, that really, it didn't start with Greedo shooting first, but that was probably one of the biggest, like, you know, fire under the butt moments. Um, So, yeah, I'm also going to go with that Darth Vader box set. um, Because also, like... I don't want to say you're allowed to have one bad film but like after, you know, after Phantom Menace comes out it's like, well, I hope the next one is good and then Attack of the Clones was really bad. <laughs> and I think by the time we had two bad movies and we knew oh, there like there is such a thing as a bad Star Wars movie. Fuck. Like or there is such a thing as Star Wars not being perfect. Fuck. Um and so like that box set was the last uh the last moments of like the the star wars veneer to me um so like what would you say is kind of the gap between like the best and the worst like what is your a plus of star wars versus your f grade for star wars
1: i really liked i really liked the last jedi i'll be honest i i rather enjoyed that film and and i kind of want to put that one up at the top just because mm-hmm. i just i felt like uh it it kind of it did everything that it was supposed to do. I think. I. I don't know. I mean, that's just. That's we just...
0: haven't given the sequels enough love on this Super Month, so I'm grateful that you're uh, that you're putting that out there. It
1: was. It was a good movie, and it was fun, and I mean, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the the storyline, and and you know, it's, and I'm I'm gonna have to go Clone Wars for the bottom just because. God, I cannot. I can't watch it. You mean I, Attack of the Clones? Or Attack of the Clones? Yes, yeah, sorry. There you go. Sorry. Thank you. No one,
0: no one's gonna attack my precious Clone Wars. But no, yeah. Um, sorry, not the cartoon. Yeah.
1: The the movie. Um, yeah. the second uh, movie in the in the prequels. No, but I cannot. You see, I can't they, watch it. They I can't. All
0: fucking blend together in terms of those titles. Like I do not blame you. Word salads. Absolute word salads.
1: Yeah, and like you know, I I I am not obsessive enough to keep it all straight and and it it all just sort of blend together i mean it's it's all just kind of star wars and yeah you know uh but yeah like i just there's something about that movie that just constantly makes me uncomfortable and I, i just i cannot sit through it it's just it's painful and it not even in terms of like like i mentioned it before and in in just some of the scenes like not even just in terms of like you know the the production or the acting or the the direction or whatever it's just it's just it's an uncomfortable movie it makes me uncomfortable when i'm watching it
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i i fully agree with you i think i think most people would agree that um attack of the clones is their f i will also add in book of boba fett as the f um because i I liked Mando, and so I thought like, okay, maybe I can enjoy this new like t v direction that Star Wars is going in, and bug above fed socks I'm sorry um and and also I am not count actually no, I will count the the Star Wars Christmas special and say that uh Star Wars Christmas special for camp alone, I'm willing to give it at least a c minus um the Star
1: Wars <laughs> Christmas special is obviously garbage, but it's hilarious and mm-hmm. it's such an important part of the mythology of Star Wars of the culture of Star Wars because it was this because it it came out when they didn't really know what Star Wars was yet. Yeah. And then George Lucas basically just disavowed its existence and refused and none of the actors <laughs> refused to mention anything about it. They none of them talked about it. I don't know if there were NDAs or if they're just like I don't want to talk about that. Um and then of course it, and it was just this mysterious black market thing for so long now it's on like youtube or whatever Mm -hmm. and my favorite is when they keep the commercials in
0: yeah (laughs) i love looking at old commercials like uh, i don't know if you used to tape things off of tv all the time i i did but then we didn't save them like we didn't save our vhs player and but i think like the biggest mistake we made as as a family the man the mantha household uh was uh was skipping those commercials oh I should also say actually I am shocked um or this should say everything I I think I mentioned this in our Simpsons episode that like I grew up in a largely francophone town and so a lot of the pop culture things that were very mainstream elsewhere were not mainstream where I grew up including the Simpsons and I will add Star Wars like I grew up in a place that was very like you know Bushwhacking, like riding riding four wheelers. Nine year olds are smoking a pack a day kind of place, and the you can tell that there wasn't that Star Wars wasn't big among kids when I grew up because um, I go by Rhodey now, which is my mom's last name. But my last name growing up, my dad's last name is Mantha, um, which like there is there is currently a hockey player on the Capitals uh, by the last name of Mantha, but not a single person made a bantha joke at me. When I was when I was growing up, and so that's how you know that I grew up in a place where just like no one fucking watched Star Wars because it's it's right there, you know.
1: Yeah, um, it does sound very Star Warsy.
0: Yeah, and I was one of the questions I was going to ask, but then I realized this could possibly be offensive. But like, what is a real name that seems like a Star Wars name? But I'm like, oh, this might be offensive, but I will mainly because we agreed in the last episode that Igor Shosturkin does sound like a Star Wars name. Um, but uh, I don't know if there were if there were a character named Ted Raymond in Star Wars. <laughs> uh, I think I think that that could be fun. Um, I
1: love I love so one of my favorite Star Wars related tweets that I ever saw was one where it says where it says Star Wars is crazy because you can have one character named Jamquat Zabazoop and then the other <laughs> character is called Greg Spaceship.
0: <laughs> yeah well isn't there someone who like is called like something sleazebag or sleazy something um uh, it's it's something and i i again i'm not going to do the thing where someone looks up something live on air in a podcast but um yeah his name is sleazy something and you have that next to like the weirdest fucking like
1: so i looked it up live on the podcast and his name is oh Myers. you're quick quire slees bagano
0: sleeze bagano
1: the agent it was the agent of high-low ball player Garcy Flug. After Flug missed 15 matches in two years due to chronic elbow injuries, Sleeves Bagano informed the Hollownet News of Flug's decision to replace his injured arm with a mechanical one. This is very important. This is this oh, is classic shit. Star Wars lore. What? Are
0: we are we doing our own Gleep glossary right now, please? <laughs> what is going on? We hate movies. Do not sue us. I have nothing to my name. This house is not real. Um. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so my F grade, definitely Attack of the Clones, um, but my A+, I think I gotta go with Empire, I know it's very cliche, um, there, I mean, there's there's a top tier, uh, you know, my A+, I'd say all of the original trilogy, actually, I'm not one of those people that's like, Return of the Jedi actually isn't good, no, Return of the Jedi fucking rules, it's all good, i liked the ewoks as a kid i like you i was like they're cute and they're also really amazing fighters um and they're
1: funny you
0: know <laughs> yeah um I, i'll also say mando season one is maybe not the a plus tier but probably the a minus tier last jedi probably the a minus tier like clone wars uh it's a long ass series so there's a lot in it but that's that's kind of my b plus like there is there is some really bad stuff in star wars but there is good stuff that has happened since 1983. Yeah. 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 I'm Um, not disagreeing. Totally. Well, uh, Ted, we're done. Super month is done. Peak show season two is pretty much done. Uh, next week we've got uh, kind of our flop culture or not next week, two weeks from now, we've got our flop culture, uh, 2022 recap with your friends, Liz, mint and Fred. But uh, in the meantime, Ted, where can people follow you interact with you and uh say only nice things to you?
1: <laughs> uh well, if it's the last one, uh I'm on Twitter, Ted friendly guy, and I guess you could t- sort of follow and interact with me that way if you want to. Uh if you're if you care about um local news from Ottawa and um like retweets of things that other people who are on this podcast have already retweeted. <laughs> Usually Liz, Liz and I, I find have a very similar sense of humor, at least on Twitter. Anyway, she tweets a lot of stuff that I go. That's funny. And then I retweet it too, but you're um, both
0: Ottawa dog folks. So that's, that's a type.
1: <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I
0: think her dog could possibly crush your dog just by turning around. Well, but. Probably,
1: but you know, yeah. Prince will hold his own. He's pretty tough.
0: And and if we if if we look closely on your Twitter, our good friend Prince might show up.
1: <laughs> Sometimes I do post him occasionally. What was I posted him uh, last night? His
0: his adorable little eyes. I swear. How does how do you not melt every time you look at him?
1: Oh no, I already do. Yeah, it's it's okay.
0: fantastic. Well, as for me, I've been your host Brie Rohde, and you can follow me on Twitter at prune underscore underscore Tracy. Uh, that's Tracy with just a Y, not an EY. Look up Dick Tracy. You. Fucking uh uncultured swine. I had a uh, Dick Tracy also...
1: lunchbox. What? Really? Awesome. I had Dick Tracy stuff on cassette when I was a kid. So um, I'm all, I, all over Dick Tracy.
0: I actually didn't I, I might I might have had a few like toys. They might have been like my brothers and stuff, but I wasn't super into Dick Tracy as a kid. I am, however, into uh, you know, pretty good Simpsons quotes, and that is among the top of them. Now I'm prune Tracy. Tracy. Um, so you can follow this podcast on Twitter at Peak Show Pod new episodes are due out every other Thursday we were taking a bit of a break until January but we already have some content set for season three we're just like Rounded up the We Hate Movies, boys, because in January we're coming out with an episode on The X-Files with Mr. Andrew Jupin. We're very excited about that. Um, Thank you so much to everyone who has made the show possible, from the guest hosts to the listeners, to Jack Dump, who composed our original theme music, to Jared Daly, who has done the amazing artwork for this show and the logo. Thank you very much. I've been Bree Roady. Take it easy. And no more adventures!